0: I'm really struggling with words today. Words are, words are not there for me. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, in the, I'm in the zone. I'm happy. I'm sort of fine I'm enjoying
0: this. <laughs> I think this is an issue of lockdown because I'm not seeing that many people. When I go to talk to people, I forget words. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Welcome, everyone. It's Sheer Isolation. Kieran, you're in a different room. Today, Where are are you? It's exciting, Um, isn't it? So, I've come into Traybridge Town Hall tonight.
1: I'm socially distanced, I'm on my own, I'm not in close proximity to anyone, and I'm here tonight to play about with the sound system and to play about with the lights. It's quite a long-winded, slow, arduous job, but I'm allowed to be at the house, I'm allowed to be at work, and I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying myself.
0: Does that mean you're getting ready in some kind of anticipation of doing something in the Town Hall? Well, John, I'm glad you asked.
1: Um, so last week we mentioned that we had Gavin on, and Gavin uh, mentioned that we were going to be doing some live recordings, some streams with some artists for Rural, uh, rural Music Wheelchair. And, and we did those recordings. I've come back to the town hall, and what I'm doing is I'm assessing the equipment that we installed that I specced. I set it up, I've installed it, it's working. I'm now here fine-tuning things. So hopefully when the time comes, we reopen, we'll be, we'll be ready to roll and everything will work
0: as it should. Cool. I am disappointed with your background, though, because Trowbridge Town Hall has some lovely rooms and you've just got yourself in front of a white wall.
1: <laughs> the Town Hall has some, some gorgeous rooms. I'm, I'm, in, an alley, I'm in, a, in the alleyway. Um, the reason being is that I don't want to switch all the lights
0: on in the venue because I don't have to switch them all off at the end. I'm basically lazy. Coming up in the next half hour, then, we've got a tune from The Black Feathers, our ancestor duo. We are talking to Brian Keane, who, for anyone who's ever played or performed in Swindon in the last... 15, 20 years, he will have at some point done your sound tech stuff. But uh, Kieran, you've, uh, you've picked today's first tune, which I believe is a new track from a, a chap called Gary Martin, who I am not familiar with.
1: When I was like 16 in devices, spending my dinner money on singles in PR sounds, Gary was a few years older than me. He was at like probably in sixth form. I didn't know him, but he had a band called Merrick. Americ sold their demo cassette in PR Sounds. You know the old sort of cassettes with like loads and loads of space and you only put three songs right at the beginning and take up that much space. Um, and I had this cassette and I loved it to bits. And then obviously, fast forwards eight years and I started doing gigs and I actually get to meet Gary for the first time properly. Um, and he's in a band. I said, Gary, come and play for me. And he says, I'd love to. And so over the years, I've given Gary's, all of his bands, um, A Smog Monster and Gentleman's Relish and all the others gigs in devices so this is gary's brand new song the only drawback is i said to gary do you have a radio edit because this song is very long
0: we are gonna make a radio edit
1: now (laughs) he said he said the song needed time to breathe i've forgotten how long it is but i think it's over six minutes so it is
0: yeah it's it's about eight minutes in total (laughs) oh it's too long (laughs) (laughs) so we will will play about half of this which is uh, perfect away with you from gary martin
1: And for those who are not familiar with Gary, that was his song, Away With You. And he is a grunge maestro. He does grunge. Um, that's him through and through. He's always been like that. Can't imagine he's going to there too far from that well trodden path anytime soon. But I do love a bit of Gary, so I'm glad he's back. Although he has to cut down the song lengths.
0: <laughs> I've got some product placement. Yes, I was looking at that. It's a lovely piece of artwork. I'm, I'm guessing there's been a vinyl in there as well. It's Arms
1: and Hearts and his record, The Distance Between. Arms and Hearts is a musician who's played for Sheer Music a few times in the past uh, in Swindon and in, in Devizes. He's a really, really great guy. To me, he's always been one of those artists that's slowly improving and getting better. And then he released this album at the end of last year. And it's an absolute belter. It's absolutely fantastic. It's got a little bit of Gaslight Anthem vibe in there kind of folk punk singer songwriter but just really good example of the genre and a real career high for him so loving that record cool
0: thank you for that kieran it is time for us to chat about this week's guest i think we can hopefully make this one into a two-parter because he's a fascinating chap it is brian keen who uh, i've worked with before quite a lot have you ever worked with brian kieran or do you just aware of him as another yes i've worked with him before and yeah, we used to share the duties at the 12
1: bar, so one week he'd be in, one week I'd be in, and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I've worked with loads in the past.
0: So yeah, Before the days of this show, when, when um, myself and Brian, we had a show on Swindon 105, which was, to be honest, very similar to, to this. We'd get a... Of course. Talk, talk about local music, play a few tracks, and, and we'd get live bands in every week. If I had a gig on, I would send an MP3 of a band and say, can you please play this and advertise the show? And as far as I'm aware, he always did, so he's a gent. He is indeed, yeah. Now, Brian has retired from doing all the sound crew stuff now, so uh, we caught up with him just to ask how life's treating him since retirement and uh, just look back on some of his old stories. And, Karen, you were fascinated by someone. You had no idea he had such a, such a past. No, really fascinating. It gives to show that you think you know someone, but you really don't. Mm. Um, and
1: it actually inspired me to invite a friend of mine that I used to work with on the session because of his previous work, Brian's previous work in A&R. So we're going to have a guest on who was a sales rep.
0: Cool, okay. So yeah, this is uh, when we spoke to Brian earlier on. You've been in, in the trade and the business for, for decades, you won't mind me saying. So do you want to give us a bit of a, an insight into some of your highlights of previous jobs and, and gigs that you've been involved
2: with? Well, after I left school, I worked in a record shop in London, in Tottenham, in London. We we had the reps coming in, you know, bringing the, the music in and everything. I got friendly with this rep, and I said any any jobs, and he found me a job at Island Records. I started there just on point of sale display, which is basically posters and you know the stand up cardboard things they put on the counters. And I was in charge of that. One of the guys there is a guy called Scott Mullaney. He was into video, and um, basically. There was a, an old laundry, uh, an old laundry in the middle of the Island Records complex, which is like a big white house. And uh, at the back was uh, a complex where the studio was. So basically, we commandeered the laundry and built a theatre studio type thing. So it, it had like a tiered floor. And so we had seats put in, good PA system, and everything. We used to have bands in. When the A&R guys went out to find bands, they would bring them back in, and and we'd do a little show for all of the staff who who would you know look at the bands and make a decision on whether they they're taking them on. Somebody, what year was this? What year this it. Was about nineteen seventy two.
1: Wow. So, did you have any particular success stories come out of those sessions, out of those A and R sort of shows? Oh, those. I
2: mean, we had one particular day. We had, well, it was it was about a week actually, but each day they were bringing in bands. We had Blondie, Elvis Costello, wow. Dave Evans, Rockpile. We had Dean Pitney. <laughs> wow. All in to see whether we would sign them or not, and that's pretty much how it went. And then. We had in there a video studio, which was one, one of the first, because video was a very young thing then. Yeah, of well, course. And so we had then, we were doing sort of videos of the bands. And then we had a, a big long wheelbase transit van, which we converted into a mobile studio and took it out. Wow. That's and, bloody cool. Yeah, it, it was. It was a really nice, really so... nice time. And then I started going out on the road with bands and did a tour with Ultravox and Eddie and the Hot Rods and various wow. other bands and artists as well.
1: That's pretty cool to be hitting up with the likes of Ultravox.
2: Yeah, I well, was a sound engineer for a while and <sighs> unfortunately at the time I just got married at the, just before the tour and I went out on the tour and came back a month later And sort of had an ultimatum from the new wife then. Either come off the road or, or, you know, don't stay married. So I came off the road and then Ultravox had a hit with Vienna. And that was the worst decision of my life ever. No, you can't say that! (laughs) What
1: you're, when, you're, when you're describing that, I'm, although I wasn't even born in the early 70s, I'm already, already feeling nostalgic for that way that we used to do business. Because in the modern age, it just doesn't happen like that now, does it? Nowadays, you have to have 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 followers on Instagram or Facebook before you even get the chance to even look at doing anything
2: else. I think it's harder in a lot of ways. You've now got the internet and, you, and you've got Spotify and all that. And people might think it's a lot easier. The trouble is that in those days, you had to be really good to get signed to a label. And then the the label handled everything. These days, Mm. you can be really good and you put something out there on the net and you're just like a minnow in an ocean. You know, it's it's harder to to find what music you want. And, and you don't have, as an artist, you don't have the backing that you would have had then. I mean, there are a lot of downsides to, to working for a label, um, for an artist, but... Um, like creative control. Well, yeah, all that, but that still happens. You yeah. know, I know artists now that have been down that rabbit hole and, and not enjoyed it.
1: Like of anything in life, it's just about um, what you agree to do or don't do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. But generally, um, the people in record companies knew what they were doing. Yeah. And the great thing about Ireland, Island was different from a lot of the others. So when I first started working there, Ireland was owned by Chris Blackwell, who was here to cross and Blackwell soups and all that. His mate was Richard Branson. And the two of them started by going around in a couple of vans, you know, selling import records mainly oh, wow. from um, you know from the West Indies. The the company had its own fans so people if anything came out on Ireland they they wanted it, you know, it, it was it was good quality. That that was one of the nice things about Ireland, whereas a lot of companies are very business oriented. Yeah. Although Ireland were, but it it wasn't a rip off business.
1: So uh, so, what made you end up or relocate to Swindon? How did you end up after touring of Ultravox and working for Ireland? How did you end up in Swindon?
2: So after I came off that tour and got the ultimatum, I came, came off the road and then I went into working in the tape Vault in um, Ireland. Very cool. And then basically I got made redundant. I put myself, I wasn't useful anymore. And then I had various jobs. I've always been sort of technically minded. So I sort of, most of my jobs were around being a technician for various companies. And I did um, work for a lot of event hire companies. So I used to put on events, like the sort of Oscars type things. So in a posh hotel in London, Big room, lots of sparkle, glitz, building the stage sets at the back or designing and building along with a guy called Chris Simmons, who was amazing. We used to do all these events for different companies and, and mainly black tie dinner type things, you know. So I was working for a company called Piccadilly Higher in uh, on the Isle of Dogs, Canary Wharf. And um, I didn't like the journey there uh it was a it was a long long day just traveling and uh, i got offered a job in swindon working for an events company in swindon so i took that and ended up in swindon basically so
1: that's interesting so uh, what you're describing there obviously regarded to working with pas and that and doing it for such a long time you must have you must have been at the forefront of seeing the technology change
2: over the years as well with all the changes the equipment's got a lot simpler yeah you definitely need to have an ear to 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 do it. But just basically where it was a specialist job and you had to sort of really know how to use a mixing desk and whatever, uh, it's more so now that the mixing desks have come into the uh, sort of amateur end of the market, if you like. You can get a really good mixer now and your guy that's running his local band can operate themselves rather than paying somebody to do it. And
1: things have got lighter and smaller, you know, like, as well. They've got smaller, you don't normally get any
2: racks of them. Our latest PA that we bought, they were 1440 watts a side. And uh, they basically, you can carry the whole PA, one in each arm. Wow. Um, And it's all built in, it's all digital. Yeah. It's all built in. So once you actually master using the kit it's great and so that sort of kit that it's a lot quicker to set up and um, a lot more compact so the bands can basically mix themselves although you never get a good mix from a band's point of view of course you don't you as a band can't hear the sound (laughs) behind the speaker
0: we'll move on to the last question then which was about the the track that you picked bry
2: so One of my favourite bands, this band that we've worked with a lot, is The Black Feathers. So the track that I chose uh, was between two, I guess, but one of them that sticks out is The Ghost Have Eaten Well by The Black Feathers. We're sort of in two minds between that and uh, Holy Water. But I thought, we're in the video for that one, so (laughs) so it's not really right.
3: Never seen a miracle before. Been looking at the inside of this open door, but I've seen things, things that, that I've never seen, seen before. Now the ghosts are eaten. eaten. To be so bold, but that's easy now that I am growing old and the ghosts have eaten well. Never used to know what I would do when looking at these photographs of you, and these pictures have a different point of view. Now the ghosts have eaten
0: track there is The Ghosts Have Eaten Well from The Black Feathers, and if you've not uh, heard or seen The Black Feathers before, you really do need to look them up. It's Ray and Sean who are based in Sirencester. They're just duo, they do all their own tracks, incredible guitar work, incredible vocals, and they are well worth looking up. They do you quite a lot of that. streaming stuff at the moment, so, so check them out, The Black Feathers. I did, I listened to them on YouTube earlier, and I actually thought it was magnificent. Okay. And uh, we forgot to talk to Brian in his interview earlier on, but Brian and Denise do have their own video podcast you know those programs you get sometimes on bbc4 where they strap a camera to the front of a barge and then they just it's like a three-hour program of just that one shot down a canal they, yeah. they basically do that so they yeah. bro has got a couple of gopros yeah. stuck to the boat and they go down a canal and then denise will narrate her way along so if you go onto youtube and look for nice. narrowboat living that's where you will find them uh time for a bit of news kieran i wanted to start with a bit of news about yourself because you did a gig in the last week socially distanced uh, streaming gig with real musicians in a real venue it's true i did it at trowbridge
1: town hall on monday and tuesday as with gavin osborne from rural uh, music wheelchair so the monday night was with Tamsin uh, quinn who, who will be known as a soloist locally we played one of her songs earlier in this in the podcast many many months ago and she's also part of the trad oh, not trad trady harmonious folk band uh, the lost trades who have an album out in June. So that's Ted exciting. So she plays. And then we had Kid Carpet from Bristol, uh, who we played earlier in the podcast as well. Mere coincidence. We just happened to be dealing with the right people. We had Gavin himself, who we played a comedy set. And we had a young lady uh, called Stevie. Don't remember her surname. um, But all local, effectively local musicians um, from, from the area. We recorded them. They did 45 minutes each. That will get edited down by a chap called Jamie, who is a film editor. And that will become um, a live stream available on YouTube via the Town Hall Arts in Trowbridge channels. Um, And it was just wonderful to actually be in a room with the musicians again with people. There was only five of us and we all wore masks and we were all safely distanced. No one touched each other, but we actually did work. You can probably tell my mental health. I'm I'm really happy and buzzing that I got to do this. Um, and it was wonderful. And I just cannot wait to get back to doing this again. It's going to feel brilliant. And it's really going to be the thing that we all need. I can't wait.
0: Um, another bit of news. And I'm just going to say a few words and then let you have a nice Kieran rant, because I know how much you love to do these. You about PRS, isn't it? I saw they were in the news again. What have they been up to? Oh. PRS are the people who collect royalties for uh, musicians, but they kind of tend to only give them to like the, the, the top level of musicians which Kieran's got a bugbear about, but they've done, they've done something else to upset you, haven't they?
1: What it amounts to
0: is if you donate
1: money or you, you pay money to see a stream, you have to pay a proportion of that to PRS. For a live music show, that proportion is between 3 and 4% on average. Okay, so 100 quid, you pay 4 quid PRS. It's not like that, but you get the idea. Now, if you earn £250, you have to pay £22.50. And if you earn over 251 pounds on your, in your stream, you'd have to pay 44 pounds. So if you earn, let's just say for argument's sake, you earn 250 quid, you're now paying 50 quid out to PRS. That's 20% tax rate. That is a load of cobblers. And to make it worse, if you earn over 500 pounds on your stream, it says, contact us for a quote. I mean, ah, oh, It is half baked, Half ill thought out makes absolutely no sense to anything they've previously done. Is plucked the figure out of thin air. No one understands how they've reached the point. I absolutely despise them, really do. Um, but this also affects charity events. If you donate money, that also checks, affects the charities. So Frank Turner, who's earning 10 grand on his weekly streams to save a venue, now has to give a proportion of that to PRS. And what do PRS, what are PRS meant to do, they return, it's a mechanical royalty, so they return that money to the artist. But i tell you something now, whatever they take off Frank Turner, he will not be getting a lion's share back of that. But yeah, they, they're there for the musicians, really, but I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure the musicians are getting a good deal out of it. But I'm not a musician,
0: so... Mm. We'll get PRS on one day to defend themselves. But uh, unlike we do with other guests, just don't send him any, the previous show's link because then he will never come on. <laughs> Come on! Just say no, we're I... starting a new podcast. you want? We haven't got any episodes, but do you want to come on? You know I'll
1: be. You know I'll be fair, John, and I'll be polite to him. Of
0: course I will. I do love it when you get off, get on your high horse and just carry. On. I'm going to have to cut most of that out, but you know that already. If no. any fans want to get in touch with us, the email address is sheerisolation at gmail.com uh, We've got a nice little collection of music videos and stuff in there that we're going to use in future episodes. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to us. We'll be back next week. Kieran, I believe you have some work to go and do, so thank you for taking a a quick break to to record this. Absolute pleasure, John. See you next week. Take care, man. All right, bye-bye. Bye.